Welcome to Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast, a part of the DynastySportsEmpire.com podcast network. Dare I say the flagship podcast of the Dynasty Sports Empire podcast network. We bring you the latest in sports and fantasy sports with, shall we say, a lighter approach to what most people consider a serious undertaking. On the show today, we continue our MLB divisional previews. We uh, have a guest, Kevin Roth, the chief meteorologist for rotogrinders.com, who is focusing on weather impacts in sports betting and fantasy sports. He joins us to talk all things sports and weather. I'm super excited about this. Um, And then we are obligated for SEO reasons to talk about Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys, uh, just so that we get our search engine rankings up. As we turn the corner from the cold, dreary winter into the warmer days of spring, a new season of fantasy baseball begins at DynastySportsEmpire.com. DynastySportsEmpire.com offers you a unique fantasy baseball experience for owners young and old and abilities of all levels. So what makes DSE unique? For starters, you can draft high school and international baseball phenoms as young as 16, retain ownership of your favorite players for their entire baseball career, and build a cash cow contender that would make any front office envious for years to come. Check out all the fantasy baseball formats over at DynastySportsEmpire.com today or tweet them at DSE Fantasy. That's DSE Fantasy on Twitter or online at DynastySportsEmpire.com. And obviously, we are Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast. You can also find us on Twitter, uh, DSE Podcast on Twitter, DSE The Podcast on Instagram. And obviously, you can email us at DSE the podcast at gmail.com as always rate and review us to help other people find us um all of that blurb all done by me here uh my name is jeff roman i'm your host and i am uh, honored to be uh alongside um tim reinhardt dpe welcome tim what's going on jeff wow uh another title that i don't know so okay okay give it to me so that's a designated pilot examiner a senior pilot who examines applicants for pilot certificate on behalf of the FAA. Wow. I've, have you ever like uh, thought about flying, like trying to, trying to do that or like be, I've never like been, the only time I've been on a plane is like as a passenger. I've never like even considered trying to be a pilot or like going in a helicopter. Like I have, you know, only as like a, a commercial passenger. So I, um, I would not consider flying myself. I don't trust myself to fly a thing that doesn't go on roads. Um, but I did go on a, I did go on a helicopter one time, um, in Hawaii, uh, on my honeymoon. Okay. Uh, It was, it was a unique experience, kind of a one, once in a lifetime kind of thing. Uh, I took very, uh, high levels of, um, anti-nausea medicine. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they kind of situate you based on your weight, which is a little bit disconcerting in itself. Um, yeah. They weigh you pretty closely to the ounce before you go on it. And then they situate you in the in the actual helicopter by weight. Um, it, I think the, the main thing that I found that was a little bit weird was that you're used to just in the airplane, you you start up, you get a runway and you take yeah. off going forward, right? right? You have that momentum. That's, but in the helicopter, it's not that. You just go straight up. Right. And so it's like, well, I guess we're going up now. Yeah. You know? It's it's very disconcerting. So uh, I, yeah. it, I I'm sure it's a super like if you I bet if we looked up the statistics, like I, I imagine it's a very safe method of travel, actually. Um, they're probably it, I feel like there have just been high profile like yep. helicopter accidents. 
Um, there's that. And then as far as like a, like a childhood memory, I guess, I don't know if you remember the scene in Jurassic park when they're approaching the park in the helicopter and they have to go straight down. And like, yeah, it, (laughs) that's, I was more scared of that than the dinosaurs. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that happened to me. They, they like just easily take you straight down into this, like, you know, beautiful area, but it's just like, they go over it and they just go straight down. You're like, Oh, Okay, I guess we're going oh, straight down. It's very disconcerting. That's very disconcerting. it's just it, it's just a very yeah, it's it's so different from from a plane, obviously. Yeah. Um yeah. so yeah, I don't know. I I've never also been like on a small like propeller plane like where somebody else is flying or anything like that. So yeah. Um I'm, I'm happy good. I'm good sitting in coach. I'm yeah, I'm happy to be yeah. yep in in coach, if you want to bump me to first class, I'm fine yeah. with that. Too. Don't get me wrong, um, but yeah, I'll I'll also just you know take the Honda Civic where it needs to go. I guess that's right. That's right. So um, t- speaking of taking the Honda Civic where to yeah. go, um, we have to go to uh, a little bit of our our continuing our previews for uh, Major League Baseball. We're kind of trans. We're going across the United States in our Honda Civic here. Um, we, last week we previewed the AL East, uh, today let's go ahead and start with the AL central. Yeah. Um, I'll just go ahead and read down the, uh, projected wins by Pocota and we can just dive into each team from top to bottom. All right. So in the AL central, uh, we've got Minnesota at the top projected for 91 wins. Um, we got Cleveland next projected for 85 wins, uh, Chicago white Sox next with projected for 82 wins, Kansas city. And Detroit bringing up the rear with 70 and 65 wins. Um, Tim, just your top end thoughts on that at all. Yeah, I, I think that's I, – I maybe would flip Chicago and Cleveland there. Um, yeah. But I would definitely have the Twins number one. I think they've, they've proven to be um, one of the top uh, hitting teams over the last few seasons. They, they consistently have one of the top OPSs as a team uh, in baseball. Um, and they're – I, I think you look at their lineup and again, you're seeing a lot of guys that have 25 plus home run power and uh, add to that, that, you know, I like, uh, I, I, I might be mispronouncing his name. Jose, is it Barrios? I think is how you say it. Um, I like that. He's uh, uh, I, I like that. He's heading the rotation. It looks like they have like a, a small little um, like revival of, um, older Yankee players uh, in Pineda and Jay Happ, and I think Matt Schumacher is a um, is an underrated. Um, I know he's sort of a elder statesman veteran now, um, but I think he's a he's a pretty underrated guy. I know I always try to pick him up in late rounds of fantasy drafts because he has usually has such a, a stellar strikeout to walk ratio. Um, he does give up a lot of home runs, but I I like that they've got. They've got a pretty solid rotation, um, so I I see them. I guess I agree with the the ratings there. I see them running away with uh, with the central. Yeah, and I, and Minnesota has has one of my favorite players who who I always try to pick up in fantasy because his name is ripe for puns. Is Max Kepler, uh, the German German player? You yes. were uh, you were playing in Germany for a little bit. Yourself. I was um, yeah. not, not. I think he's uh, he was in a different league than I was. Though. <laughs> um, I don't know. If, I'm, I'm sure we weren't there at the same time. Also, seeing as how he's ten years younger than uh, 
than than we are. Um, but he's a he's a great. Um, you know, from the we talked about my fantasy strategy um, about picking up uh, predominantly left-handed batters uh, and and just platoon playing them. He's one of the best guys to grab um, yep. as a as a platoon player. He absolutely mashes um, right-handed pitching. So I, I'm all I, I agree with you. I'll, you and I are going to be competing to grab him in the draft this year. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my, uh, my team name in previous years has been Kepler's third law. Yep. Um, yep. so, you know, I, I, I like to try to keep that consistency, but does do Kepler have a third, like the actual Johannes Kepler have a third law? Is that yeah, a thing? Sure. What is sure. the third yeah. law? Oh man. You're going to ask me. To, I am. Uh, I called you out. <laughs> you do call me out. You know, I actually don't know what it is. Um, but I'm definitely going to Google it right now and tell you what it is. So, uh, the uh, third law states that the square of a planet's orbital period is proportional to the cube of the length of the semi-major axis of its orbit. It's, it's oh, super Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, obvious. Obvious when you just think about it for two seconds. You know. Forgot, forgot about uh, that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, that is my, my team name that I try to go with whenever I can. So um, I, do, I do like Minnesota. You know, it's interesting to see the White Sox uh, a little bit lower, um, just with that kind of more average projection, as they're getting a lot of heat um, for, you know, getting into the playoffs this year. And obviously mm-hmm. they have a pretty good young team. Do you think they're, they're going to overperform that projection? Uh, at 82 wins, um, I do. I, I mean, that's that's a 500 team. And I, I do see them as, um, as better than that. Um, you know, I, I guess... We don't really know what a uh, pitcher like Dallas Keuchel is going to do, or I guess he's kind of a question mark. Um, uh, Lance Lynn is also, I, I know a lot of people like him. He had, um, you know, uh, he's he's got good projections this year. I question Lance Lynn sometimes, maybe just because I, right. may, and you know, maybe be, being reunited with uh, the manager who accidentally called him into the, into game <laughs> five or six, whatever right. it was of the World Series in 2011 will, will rejuvenate him. Uh, you know, I, I, I do think they, they've got some things that can break right for them in the rotation. And they also have a lot of bats that have a lot of power. Um, so I, I see them overperforming, um, the, uh, see them overperforming the, the 82 win mark. Um, Adam Eaton's a good pickup. I love Yasmani, uh, Grandal. So, uh, you know, I think those are, it's a good team that that can certainly outperform that 500 mark. Yeah, and I think there's there's a lot of certainly a lot of ex- excitement with their uh, with their lineup. They have a bunch of good a bunch of good hitters, uh, one through seven there. Um, all of them except for well, they have Eaton, Grandal, and Obreo, which are who are over 30. The rest of them are right. are kind of in the 24, 25, 26 range. Mm-hmm. So they're all. Um, kind of aging through the right curve. And obviously, Giolito is also around that age. Um, Lance Lynn and Keichel are, are in their 30s. So I, I think it should be an interesting team. I think they're a little bit maybe thinner than Minnesota. Um, and they did get uh, Liam Hendricks, right? Uh, big big pickup for fantasy purposes mm-hmm. um, to, to be their closer. So I think they have a good combination of of uh, young talent and old uh, old heads, as it were. And they got the oldest head in the game, uh, in Tony Larusa. So yeah. Um, yeah, we, that would be very interesting to see how that um, comes out. Were you were you when he was with the Cardinals? Or were you a Larusa hater, or were you a Larusa 
enjoyer. I was a Larusa, um, neither here nor there. If that makes any sense, Uh, I think we. I I mean, I can remember watching watching games back at five ninety eight Putnam. Look how I was able to pull that out like immediately, Um, and questioning, you know, (laughs) various moves that um, that happened. I don't, oh man, I, I'll be, this is like a, a total aside. I'll be um, shocked if, or, or I, not shocked, but like ecstatic, I guess. If you, if you also remember this, we were watching a game together. I don't remember who was pitching for the Cardinals, but Tony LaRusa came out for a, for a, a mound visit and the pitcher tried to give him the ball so he could come out of the game. Yeah. And he didn't take it. <laughs> I remember that. I do remember. I can't that. remember yeah. who it was, but yeah. that was fascinating. I don't know why yeah. Tony Lewis has all problems with the with the mound visits and relief yeah. and stuff. But yeah, I think um, I I don't. It'll be interesting to see how he meshes because the game has obviously changed since he's been a manager. Certainly, he was with the um, he was with the Red Sox in a in a front office role recently. So obviously, he's not like you know. I'm not saying the games passed him by or something like that. Um, But like, I think one of the things I guess I like so much about the twins is that they're very much so into all the new like uh, analytics. They're into the drive line. They're like, they have um, they've really bought into a lot of the new elements that are, that are being discovered about um, about baseball and hitting the baseball in particular, um, which is why I think they have uh, why they've, been able to post one of the higher OPSs, team OPSs in the last couple of years. And you just want like, where's, where's Tony La Russa in, in all that. Yeah. Yeah. And Tony La Russa was, uh, historically very bad with young players, with the Cardinals, right. um, you know, start all the way back to Ozzie Smith and Royce Clayton situation, um, in the nineties, um, that didn't go well. Um, but you know, I think, who knows? I mean, it's really honestly, who knows? Like what, what is that? What has he done in the last several years? What, you know, what has he been reading and doing? And, you know, famously uh, Mike Matheny went to like, you know, zoom class on, on analytics and, you know, that never helped him even. A right. Yeah. Bit. So, so yeah, um, the proof is in the pudding there for, for white Sox, And I think they made enough big signings and invested enough in it that they're going to want to win more than uh, whatever Pakota has them for 82 games. Eight, um, I think that would probably be not considered a success for them. Certainly, yeah. Put it this way: I, I'm excited to see like what what Tony Larusa is able to do with that team. I mean, I think that yeah. that it should be fun to watch. Certainly. All right, and um, the another fascinating team I think is is the Indians. They traded away their um, best player um, over to the Mets, um, but. Yeah, Dakota still has them winning quite a few games. I, I kind of, uh, I guess, I thought that they weren't going to try to be winning this year, but I don't. It looks like there's a lot of talent. To make of that, like, it, I, I, I guess, I, yeah, I really don't know what to make of of this team. I guess I could see a lot of things breaking right in them, you know, being in the mid to upper 80s and wins. I could also see them winning 75 games, right? Um. Obviously, Shane Bieber is out of this world good, um, and and then like you know, what I guess uh, Zach Plesac uh, is exciting, uh, but you know, I I don't know. I it, it seems like 
um, there's a lot of a lot of question marks around that team, and um, it, it's it's just I think you pegged it. Like what what were they? What are they? Where are they? Are they trying to are they trying to make a run at it? Are they uh, are they going to like wait and see? Are they in tank mode? Like where where are they? Because right. they certainly um, you know getting rid of uh, what's his name Clevenger and Bauer over the last couple of years certainly um, you know doesn't necessarily make their starting rotation stronger. Those guys have got you know certainly uh, are are some of the better pitchers in baseball right now. Yeah, and I actually still kind of have a couple of guys that I always like on their in their rotation in Plesac, McKenzie, and Cal Quantrill. Um, those are guys that I always I always try to buy in on. Um, you know, McKenzie obviously has a lot more hype coming in, um, and their their closer is uh, James Karinchak, who I always go for um, as well. So. I, you know, I don't know if I should be talking bad on them when I pick basically half their team for my fantasy it, baseball team. I, th- I think here's the question. Put it this way. Like if you combine the service time of their of their pitching staff, it's two, three, four, five years and change. Right. So each of these guys, you know, Shane Bieber's the uh, the most veteran of the group at two years. Yep. So what? You know, it's it's young. They're young. They're exciting. There's a lot of hype. Uh, you know, they definitely, um, you know, they definitely have that element to it. Um, where's it going to go next? I guess is is yeah. is the question. Yeah, I mean, I think if they were trying to win, they would probably keep have kept the guy that they traded to the Mets, who I'm totally blanking on his name. Lindor, Francisco uh, Lindor. Lindor. Yeah, exactly. To play shortstop. So um, obviously, they got a guy back again. They got a younger guy back, who again has very little service time. So much cheaper. Um, so they're obviously trying to save money. Uh, I think it, it'll probably end up with them around 500. Um, but you know, there's a, a capability for a breakout there for sure. Yeah. I mean, especially if all these pitchers end up, um, end up, I guess, breaking the right way. Right. Exactly. And, you know, I don't know if you want to touch on, um, Kansas city or Detroit at all. Um, you know, I think both teams are kind of in the doldrums. Um, uh, I don't know. Are there any highlights there that stick out? Um, I guess there there really isn't anybody that um, that even when I look at them for like fantasy purposes that I'm like excited to to go out and get. Um, I I have looked at um, Robbie Grossman before as as like one of those lefty platoon. Um, split guys um as far as the pitching staff goes uh maybe um a Matthew Boyd but probably not um and then you know there's nobody really in the bullpen that that I'm I'm gunning to get either so uh yeah the, on, on Detroit I, I I'm gonna steer clear um I think uh on the on the Royals it's interesting to look at what Andrew Benintendi is going to do um, after now, after being traded, I love trying to pick up Carlos Santana fantasy wise. Um, so those are, those are a couple guys that, that I always try to target. Um, and outside of that, like even, you know, going into their starting rotation, nothing's really, uh, I'm not really going after anybody that uh, in that rotation and I'm not really going after, um, at least like 
if if you're talking about drafting roles, Greg Holland doesn't you know really get me excited about uh, as a closer. So um, there's certainly you know maybe one of these other guys can end up being like a, a huge strikeout to walk stud that you can get ratios out of. But uh, those those two teams, I'm not really not really feeling. Yeah, I mean, for me, Whit Merrifield was really the only guy yeah. that I went for on the Royals. Very um, has always had a lot of different positional um, flexibility, and also right. s- steals bases as well. So that's that's something that's not that common amongst regular starters. So, yep. um, you know, uh, there there's some there's something there that you could mine, I think. But he's know, too not- right-handed for me. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> as uh, as as the right-handed baseball player <laughs> of, yeah. of the group, right? <laughs> He, he, he swings right. I do not. I do not pick him. Yeah. Um, so while we while we wait a little bit longer to see um, for Kevin, um, let's go ahead and swing over into football. Yeah. Um, big news. Yeah. So so the big news of the week is is Dak Prescott signing a extension with the Dallas Cowboys. It is um, as as I read it here. Um, I, I don't have it in front of me, but it is a four year. $160 million extension. That's so, correct. Yeah. Uh, a pretty big extension. Um, 120 or so guaranteed, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so a good chunk of it guaranteed. So um, that I think I have, I have a couple of points on this that I'll make and then I'll, I'll pass okay. it over to you. Yeah. Um, number one, I think this is something that the Dallas Cowboys had to do. Uh, if they let him walk, they would have been back on the QB carousel with who knows what. Yes. Um, but secondly, I think they are in the kind of quarterback doldrums a little bit in that they both they don't have a quarterback that is cheap, right? They don't have a quarterback that's on a rookie deal. Um, mm-hmm. He's off his rookie deal. He's been off of it for a few years because they've been franchise tagging him. And Dak das- Prescott's not a Hall of Fame level quarterback either. Um, certainly some injury problems and there's some untapped potential there, but not at this point, what I call them hall of fame level. So I don't think that gets them further than maybe the top of the heap in the NFC East. Right. What do you think? Yeah, that's the big question. You know, there's a lot of money right now tied up in, uh, in your quarterback and your running back. Yeah. Um, so who also, by the way, as much as it pains me to say, uh, cause he's a Ohio state guy, uh, did not have a very strong season. Um, yeah. So I think it's, uh, it's one of those things. You're right. They had to do it. They couldn't not sign him and it's a quarterback league, you know, and, and, and even though he's, he's getting Patrick Mahomes money basically. Uh, and, and they really didn't have much of a choice. So, you know, it's their hands were 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 definitely tied, and uh, you know, I, I don't think either of us think that Dak Prescott is a top tier NFL quarterback. Um, he's probably second tier, pro- better than better than most teams have, and he the big what do you call it the big bargaining chip I guess he had was I went down and what did you guys you know when I went down what did you have. And the answer was not really anything. And, you know, so it's just wild that a quarterback coming off of the injury that he had is like uh, is going to make um, as much money as he is this year. And that's that's just the state of the modern day NFL. Yep. And and I think something that I that I step 
jumped out at me when I'm looking at this is, um, I'll quiz you here. Let's do a quiz. What, who is the quarterback that had the highest average points, fantasy points per game last year in 2020? For the whole, like, is there like a minimum number of games they had to play? Uh, no minimum. Is it Dak? It is Dak. Yes, because yeah. we were talking about him. So he ha- he averaged twenty seven point seventy three points. In right. The well, and they games. were they were like throwing. He was throwing for like five hundred yards in those first few games of the year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think their offense is certainly super powered. Um, uh, has the potential. They certainly um have the potential to be better than they were. Um, without him. Um, you know, I, I don't think this is really a mistake, but I think probably more of the mistake is investing uh, money in some of those other players that haven't panned out. Zeke Elliott, for example, right? Like if you're investing uh, money in your running back, um, you're you're basically going to be in trouble because you're not going to be able to spend that money anywhere else. Um, look at the Rams with the, with the thing that they had to give to Todd Gurley and had to get rid of him. Yeah. So, you know, when, my, when, so when they signed that deal with Elliot, he he was holding out, and incident like the same thing held true for him as it does now for Dak Prescott, which was that was the kind of team if they were going to win, it was going to be because of Ezekiel Elliott when he signed that deal. So he held like all the cards there and was able to sign that massive contract, and now it you can say that the shoe is is on Dak Prescott's foot if that analogy right. makes any sense, which sure. is that he he can say to the, he and, and did uh, essentially, look, you guys need me. Uh, things didn't really work out after I went down. So uh, show me the money. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I, you know, I, I have a few of these kind of like um, uh, sayings or, or uh, what, I don't know what you want to call them, but the same thing about the quarterback, right? So you either have a, a rookie deal quarterback or a hall of fame quarterback if yeah. you want to win in the NFL. Other thing is about running backs, right? You don't pay the running backs. Um, I always equate it to um, the old NES game, ice hockey. Did you ever play that? I didn't know. Oh no. Oh man. Such a great game on NES. Um, so um, I like my running backs. Like I like my lineup in ice hockey, one really big guy, right? One small, fast guy and one medium guy. And you have three running backs. It doesn't matter who they are. Uh, as long as you have those three roles, um, you'll be fine, right? So um, you don't need to have to pay a running back. You just find three guys that fit that general ice hockey type profile, and and you'll be good. Right. In in this, I mean, look at the two teams that made it to the Super Bowl, and I actually don't know the answer to this question. Did either of them have a thousand yard rusher? Did Hilaire get to a thousand yards? I, I don't think he did. I don't think he did because he was he was hurt for a little bit of the year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like, I don't think you. Yeah. In in this NFL, you don't need. Uh, you know, this isn't nineteen nineteen ninety where you know the Giants needed Otis Anderson to right. <laughs> like to tote the ball forty times a game. Uh, you don't need that in order to win anymore. And so, if you're paying a guy, the Jets experienced this. Um, you know, the uh, Cowboys are going to experience this here. Like if you're paying a guy 15 plus million dollars, I, I mean, you just don't, it, it, it's not something that currently to win in the NFL you need. And I'm in favor of, uh, you know, when, I'm in favor of Ezekiel Elliott signing the biggest contract he possibly could, like any yeah, player sure. for that matter. I'm totally down for that. Um, 
I guess this, the reality of the market is is like it or, or of winning in the NFL is that you just don't need that right now. Yeah, exactly. And I, I there was a viral image that went uh, around after the Super Bowl, and I, I I'm going to poorly quote it now, but they they did the leaning rusher for each team, each last uh, eight or ten Super Bowl winners. And the, the leading rusher made under a million dollars or $2 million in each one. So, you know, that is something that you see as NFL teams, uh, a place where they save money so that they can invest elsewhere. Um, so, you know, I think that Ezekiel Elliott alone is not something that could sink them, but the Cowboys have a lot of money tied up in Demarcus Lawrence, Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, Zeke, Lyle Collins, Jalen Smith, right? All over, or all basically cap number next year around 10 million or above. So yeah, um, three of those guys are offensive linemen, right? So, um, you know, it's just quite a bit of their cap is, is held by those, um, uh, the, those top end uh, players. So unless they perform to their, to their contract, they're going to have trouble. I think, you know, let, 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 let's, uh, let's do this hypothetical. Um, if the Washington football team, if they picked up a quarterback uh, that was, I don't know, say in the Case Keenum esque range, yeah, who would you who would you prefer? Which team, Cowboys or or Washington? Ooh, who? Um, uh, maybe Washington. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the we saw the Cowboys' defense this year it was tremendously bad. Yeah, uh, Washington's the, defense would probably still continue to be good, maybe not great, but good. Um, as long as they have Chase Young right now, right, gonna, right. he's going to be yeah, good. They have, they have Chase Young, and if they get a quarterback and maybe add a add a uh, wide receiver, uh, I I think that they could. You know, I think it's going to be between those two teams. Certainly getting a quarterback is the biggest question in the NFL. So it's not a, not an easy thing to just kind of give them a, a mid-level quarterback. Right. But, um, you know, I, I think it's not not so fast with the Cowboys being um, the class of, of the NFC East for sure. Uh, big difference from last year for sure. Right. Um, right. You Go ahead. No, I go ahead. Well, I was going to say, um, what is uh, what does this mean for? Um, oh my goodness, uh, Russell Wilson! I forgot his name for a second. Does yeah, so so Russell Wilson. Did we talk about this last week or no? We, we, we didn't not? get to no. So he had put okay. down the Cowboys yeah. as one of the teams that he yeah he would accept a trade to, and now that's right. that's gone. So. Yeah, I mean that whole situation is pretty weird because he's he wasn't really asking for a trade, but his agent went on the record to ESPN and said, "Well, if he was, he'd be happy to be traded to the Cowboys, the Saints, the Raiders, or the Bears." Which <laughs> so weird. is an odd an odd grouping of teams. Um, it's not like necessarily big markets. It's not like you know New York's not involved. Right. You know, Miami's not involved. Um, so I, I mean. It, it seems like a whole bunch of nothing to me, but you know, I, I don't know how any of those teams is going to make a deal for him. Now, did you hear the story about how um, Derek Carr's what, what happened with Derek Carr and his brother? No, go ahead. Okay, so the agent says that on ESPN or to an ESPN reporter, however it was, 
And he mentions the Cowboys, Saints, Raiders, and Bears. Now, Derek Carr's brother, I believe it's David Carr, um, right. used to be an NFL quarterback, now writes for some online uh, sports publication. Okay. And says, if you're on this list of teams, you need to do whatever it takes to get <laughs> Russell Wilson. And I guess there was like a little back and forth between Derek and David. And it was like, bro, what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> so it was one, I think it was probably one of those things where, uh, and then they went back and like took that out of the article. Uh, without right. without a correction piece at the bottom of it. Um, <laughs> so it, it was one of those things where you probably didn't know the list, uh, just heard that right. he was like, that there was a list and there was, you know, possible yeah. trade. <laughs> but uh, Thanksgiving might be interesting uh, <laughs> next uh, next year. Yeah. Whatever the list is, it, it it is, it is. Except if it's the Raiders and my brother, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, just, just looking at those teams, obviously the Cowboys are out now. Um, the Saints, I... I don't know what, where they get the money from or the assets from to make that trade. The Raiders obviously have been looking for deals. Um, we, we referenced that rumor uh, about trading a car. They were hoping to get um, Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Um, that one's certainly possible. And the Bears, I, I mean, I don't know what the Bears would do. They certainly would like to have him um, because they're still in the quarterback carousel themselves. So, yeah, they're it seems kind of like yeah, it seems kind of like a, four teams pulled out of a hat, not because they would be likely destinations, just to put some names on on the map. I, I don't know; it, it's confusing to me. Yeah, it's odd because the, there's probably two teams out there that could pull off the trade uh, in terms of like having the absolute draft capital to do it, and it's the Jets and the Dolphins, right? Um, that that are at least the first two that come up come to my mind because it's going to at least take. I mean, at least two first rounders. Yep. Um, so I, I, I don't know, and it, and it's got to probably be a good first, a good couple first rounders. Not not a, you know, if you're, I'm trying to think, uh, if you're not that the Rams were were into this, but like the Rams wouldn't have been able to pull this trade off. No, definitely not. No. So. Yeah, that 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 one's confusing, and I I, I think it's probably a, a much ado about nothing. Um, but you know, we'll see. Stranger things have happened, certainly. Um, yeah. And Russell Wilson seems to be kind of a bit of an odd odd duck. Uh, moves to the beat of his own drum there, so maybe he's he's fed up. I don't know. Um, he probably won't move. Watson probably won't move. But well, it uh, seems like we're we're in this holding pattern, waiting, and I don't know if it is it like. Who's the team? Let me ask you that. Who, what, what needs? To, what's the domino that needs to fall to get these things going? Because I have my, I have my thought, but I'm interested in what, what you think. I think it's the Jets doing something. Yeah, that's it. It because is right. The, the Jets are holding the cards because they have the number two pick. Yes, um, which is going to be the next quarterback off the board, whether it's Fields or Wilson, um, Zach Wilson. Um, yeah. So if they deal Darnold. Um, that will show their hand that they're going to pick a quarterback, or if they put Darnold in a deal for another quarterback, right. that will obviously show the hand that they're not picking a quarterback at that point. And Darnold is now still on the team that has the number two overall pick, um, who's still going to pick a quarterback probably, yeah. so, or um, trade it, uh, you know, or, for an even yeah. bigger rent. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, I think the Jets need to make that decision, and they're not going to do that until 
at, at least until I would say until early April. I don't think they have that. They, they're going to wait for the pro days for Zach Wilson and Justin Fields. See how that goes. And, you know, I, I think the closer you get to unless both those guys like bomb their pro days, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, as you get closer to the draft, that that pick only gets more and more valuable. Right. I think yeah, somebody, somebody's going to fall in love, probably. Um, and I don't know how the, the, the pre-draft um, situation is a little bit different this year. You know, maybe the interviews are all over Zoom instead of rooms. And so maybe um, there's not as much uh, chance for somebody to get smitten. Um, and yeah. Do, do something wild. I, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know how it's going to go. Um, all I know is that a lot of people are mocking Zach Wilson to the Jets at number two overall, um, which to me is odd. Um, and I've heard it. I've heard it said a couple of times that like, you know, I, and maybe this is maybe this is my bias as an Ohio State fan, not just saying that Justin Fields went to Ohio State, but just like a power conference fan like and obviously you don't have to be like Ben Roethlisberger is obviously had a Hall of Fame career and he went to what I think the Miami University, right? Right. Um, Miami of Ohio. Right. Miami, Ohio. Um, so I, I just don't understand. You know, they all look at the tape and everything and Zach Wilson played against, I mean, the toughest team they played was, uh, coastal Carolina, you know? Uh, meanwhile, Justin Fields went down and lit up Clemson. So I, I, to me, I don't, I don't see the, 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 um, I don't see those two equating in that way. And then on top of that, like from the jets perspective, it seems like, Zach Wilson is well, and maybe this is a reason to draft him. Then is like a Sam Darnold younger. Actually, I don't even know how how old he is. Because uh, did he is he older? Because he's at BYU. Is he like twenty five? Um, that's a good question. I, I actually like, don't did know he that. do is um is it a, is it a Chris Winkie situation um here? He is no, he's twenty one. Okay, so okay. I, I wasn't sure because um the BYU thing, a lot of those guys end up being older if they've done like the, the Mormon mission thing. Right. Um, so no, he's 21. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it, he has a lot of the same traits, I think as, uh, as a Sam Darnold. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I don't actually know that much about Zach Wilson. Um, just from, uh, taking a look at the scouting reports, it seems like he's kind of a strong armed guy. Yeah. Um, somebody that, you know, jumps off the tape as, as it were. He, he's come from, you know, uh, basically a meteoric rise in the NFL draft rankings. So, um, again, I, you know, I, I just don't know. Um, you know, P, um, you know, Pro Football Focus College had him ranked at, you know, uh, 76 out of 100 last year and this year, 95 out of 100. So, um, really. That, yeah, so he kind of definitely jumped up um, it, it, within one year. So we'll, we'll certainly dig into him more. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I would like to that draft yeah. because we get closer to the draft because I, um, 
for me, I just don't know that much about him. You know, he wasn't big last year. He was big this year. And, you know, I just wasn't watching BYU games. So I, I watched a couple and uh, I, I definitely watched the bowl game and he lit that game up for sure. Yeah. Um. So uh, it, it even even so, like we said this before, it's it's such a crapshoot. You could draft, you know, yeah. Um, Carson Wentz and, you know, Jared Goff are supposed to be camp misses at one and two. And right. here we are. And they've just been, both of them have just switched teams. Yep. And I, I mean, yeah, there's so much about the player and also the situation combined together, the player and, but the player can change and the situation can change, right? Wentz looked so good in the Eagle situation. And then that came apart. Um, and Goff looks good enough, you know, when they went to the Super Bowl, but then that came apart as well. So, um, you know, I think th- these are these things are anything but static, um, you know, and it's not quite so easy to say bust or not bust. Um, so, yeah, I I don't know, you know, and that's why I kind of like the NFL draft. It's so full of intrigue and possibilities that, um, you know, you, you really can't can't look away. There's so much storylines there. Um, Tim, let's let's drop off to our um, shout outs segment. Do you have any any shout outs you want to? Um, off the top of my head, I, I don't have anything. Um, actually, well, speaking of shout outs, what is, uh, what is your fantasy access podcast doing on the off season? Do you have an oh, off season uh, regimen or? So we, we take the, we take the off season off. Um, so, uh, those guys, uh, Cam and, uh, Cam and Tom that, that I do that with, they, um, they along with another person that works in the TV studio in our school, they do, uh, another podcast called stream it. Um, so yeah, so why don't we shout that out? Um, so they do a podcast called stream it, which is just, uh, about TV shows that, uh, that are on Netflix, Amazon, uh, you name it, HBO. Uh, and they just kind of chat up the chat, chat up the TV shows. It's actually pretty entertaining. I've gotten some show ideas, uh, from those guys. That's great. I'm all, I'm always struggling. There's, there's so many shows that it's, it's almost hard to, pick because there's just so many options there i i'm like overwhelmed by the, by the yeah it really is and like um you get you know these notifications that say they're like whatever percent match for you right. and you know what <laughs> yeah uh but yeah um are, are you watching anything right now um my wife and i are are um binging new girl um as as our thing is that uh is that a show that you've watched i haven't no no okay i you know we look for things that are not stressful um light-hearted comedies generally yeah um and this one you know it's in kind of the vein of happy endings parks and recreation kind of a, yeah. a, a group of people all kind of you know doing goofy things putting them in goofy situations and um i i we find it very funny, very relaxing at the end of the day. So, and it's you know, short, it, right? It's like it's 25 short, minutes. minutes. Yeah. 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 Like a sitcom, you know, it's on yes. Fox or whatever. That's awesome. Um, so, it, you know, we run through it pretty quickly. And before you know it, it's like midnight and we're like, oh man, we shouldn't have watched those last four episodes. Uh, <laughs> I guess we got to go to bed now. Yeah, so, time to go to sleep. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, that'll be my recommendation corner of the day. Okay. Um, while we're also in shout outs, just, just shout out to the entire country of Canada because, um, I got an email this week from some podcast um, ranking system, apologies, pod something, um, 
letting us know that Dynasty Sports Empire, the podcast, is ranking very well in Canada. So really, uh, yeah, and on the football charts in Canada, we are we are ranking very well, is what they say. I think. Um, do they are, give us a ranking or are we just uh, like, is, I, do we have I a number? It, if I remember off the top of my head, it's 161. So, um, I'll we're, on that. The, we're on the charts, you know, um, shout out to all our Canadian listeners. Um, keep rating and reviewing us. Yeah. Canada. Um, get us up those rankings. We love Canada. Um, so great uh, maple syrup. Yeah. We appreciate that. Um, I follow all of the, uh, Canadian related Instagram, uh, accounts for, for all of the different mountains and, and lakes and stuff. Just to look at the, look at the national parks and the beautiful scenery of Canada. There you so, go. Have you ever been uh, to Canada? I have not. No. Uh, I want to get up to the, to the, uh, the Canadian Rockies there and see some of those cool places. Yeah. So. Um, I was in Montreal um, in 2009, I believe. It was pretty, okay. pretty good trip. Yeah. yeah. Fun, yeah. fun town. Yeah. Um, I've heard, I've heard plenty of good things about both Toronto yeah. and Montreal. Um, just, and one more shout out. We have a new, uh, review. Let's um, do it. This is, this is from not uncoachable, which I believe is means he's coachable or he or she is coachable. Right. Um, important. I read, yes. I read the sports section in the paper and it covers what happened last night or yesterday, but I don't get the big picture. Thanks to Jeff and Tim. I now have some context to the sports news. I'm getting the background from an enjoyable, but fast fact packed excuse me fact packed podcast say that three times yeah, it's a tongue twister right there yeah the two hosts complement each other and provide an accessible overview of current sports events i look forward to the podcast every week and i share your opinion of duke which bumped this review to five stars so Boom. obviously a five-star review if it wasn't five stars we wouldn't read it so just make sure you <laughs> if if you make your review five stars we will read it even if it's a bad review um just make it five stars and we will read it um so um, we may have had a scheduling conflict with, with, uh, Kevin Roth, our, uh, friendly neighborhood meteorologist. So That's right. we, 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 um, went into a little bit of football, which we always like to talk about. Yeah. So, I mean, we um, could, we could do that forever for sure. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, um, Tim, is there anything that you are keeping your eye on this week? Um, keeping my eye on the COVID vaccine signups. Um, yeah. They just got uh, Thursday will be the big day when educators in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts can sign up. So uh, wish me luck as I yeah. hit the uh, hit the website and and keep hitting refresh or search or whatever, whatever it is that's uh, going to get me in there. Um, so that's that's my that's what I'm keeping my eye on. What about you? Um, I am also kind of keeping my eye on that and seeing where, seeing where I fall, not an educator, but you know, just, just waiting my turn patiently. I always think about, um, you know, I don't know if you watched, did you watch hunger games? Um, I, I have seen hunger games. Or read yeah. It. yeah. So I always think about when they say, may the odds be ever in your favor. Yes. So that, that is my, my wish to you, uh, not to, Thank not you. to be forced into a, uh, murdering child on child action no no uh, we want to stay short of that (laughs) dystopian (laughs) dystopian future uh but a uh you know may the uh the roll of the dice and the refreshing of the screen yeah so what i'm keeping my eye on is is honestly i say it pretty much every week but today we got our first 65 degree plus day today love it love Um, it so spring is definitely springing 
Um, my allergies are also springing, which is the downside of that yeah. piece of it. Um, but I, I'm definitely uh, keeping my eye on that that going forward. So um, keep your eyes glued to both the uh, vaccine sign up if you're eligible and also the weather and the pollen count for, for and, your- <laughs> and, and the pollen count keep refreshing that pollen count yeah um and keep your ears glued to dynasty sports empire the podcast and we will talk to you next week sounds good see you jeff see ya all right when are you uh are you gonna get the 65 degree situation coming um up yeah we've got the next couple days i think are, are like that um i went running in shorts today for the first time in a while wow. that, yeah, that I, was I also went running i also went running today, so. um and i did you really on the tread no outside outside no. nice nice yeah. Yeah, um i i ran down because I, I knew that bc was playing a game and the field is not too far from where i live so i ran down there and i was standing like this little road that kind of looks over the field and uh, standing there, I saw like four or five pitches, and then a police officer said I have to keep on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no gathering, like the like yeah. airport. Yeah, I was like, up. he was like, I don't know why they're. I was like, you know, you got a job to do, man. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm out of here. Like, I, I'm good. I'll keep going. <laughs>